This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Hoisty Colors Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Igo, and man, that was quick. East Carolina has its next head men's basketball coach, Michael Schwartz. The associate head coach from Tennessee will be the Pirates' new head coach. Pending board approval on Wednesday, that news was broken by us at hoistycolors.net. Uh, got word... Really, as soon as Joe Dooley was relieved of his duties at East Carolina, that Michael Schwartz was going to be a top candidate for the position. I mean, the ties were obvious. John Gilbert, former Tennessee administrator, overlapped with Schwartz for a year at Tennessee, oversaw the men's program with Rick Barnes. Uh, Rick Barnes, long after Gilbert had left Tennessee to go to Southern Miss to be the AD, and eventually East Carolina Rick Barnes had seen Schwartz ascend up his coaching ladder, getting more and more uh, responsibilities within the program, was eventually elevated to the associate head coaching position for the Volunteers. And if you look at the program that Barnes took over at Tennessee, really they weren't very good at all. And they have since become one of the premier programs in the country. They won the SEC tournament this past weekend, our number three seed in the NCAA tournament. And the you know the the lazy narrative is, and I get it. You know, on one hand, oh well, John Gilbert is just hiring his friend Rick Barnes' buddy to be the head coach here. But you know, you have to understand one thing: John Gilbert isn't going to put his job on the line, which is what you're doing every time you're making a major coaching hire to hire his friends uh, or his friend's buddy. I mean, he's hiring this coach, Michael Schwartz, because he firmly believes he's the right coach for East Carolina. I'm sure, of course, his relationship with Rick Barnes had a lot to do with that. But the reality is, Schwartz is a well-respected assistant coach in the industry. And probably for the last year or so, many people have thought that he was overdue to be a head coach. So, yeah, you can have the narrative that, okay, John Gilbert's hiring from the Tennessee branch and... That's fine, but you also have to look at the other side. Mike Schwartz is a qualified Division One head coach based on his resume. Anytime you hire an assistant, it is a gamble. Anybody that tells you otherwise is fooling themselves. Time will tell how good Mike Schwartz will be at East Carolina. Uh, obviously, it's a tough job for many of the reasons we've talked about in the past. There are things maybe you know people wanted to see different with the hiring process. Should more candidates have been interviewed? 
you know, that's that's a whole other debate. You know, the thing is, I've seen some already compare this hiring to Scotty Montgomery in football. And I, I don't think that can be further from the truth. When Jeff Comfer hired Ruff, or fired Ruff McNeil, he did not have a plan at all. He he had no plan. Obviously, he had a list of candidates. And to be honest, he kind of stumbled through it. It made for great uh, entertainment and message board material at the time because so many candidates were interviewed and the, pro- the process dragged out eventually landing with Scotty Montgomery, who wasn't mentioned really until the day before he was hired in the process. Uh, this is a complete opposite situation. Yes, John Gilbert has ties to Tennessee, but he had a plan. You can disagree with the decision to fire Joe Dooley. You can disagree with the hiring, but you can't say that this was a, a failed plan or whatnot. Uh, John Gilbert had a plan. He executed it. He believes in his guy, who is clearly Mike Schwartz. And he went out and got it done. He didn't BS around. He didn't let his his top candidate escape. There were starting to be rumors that Schwartz was going to be involved in other jobs in the region. There were several SEC jobs. No, I don't think he would have been a top guy for those jobs, but you have to look at it like this. There are so many of those jobs available, and so many. there's only so many coveted top-tier coaching prospects. Not all those can be filled with the same guy. So eventually you start working your way down the ladder, maybe a South Carolina or, uh, you know, Florida starts to look at Mike Schwartz a little bit more carefully uh, rather than just kind of maybe throwing his name on the wall. So ECU didn't want to take his chance with losing Schwartz, who it firmly believed was the right fit based on everything it had heard, based on firsthand accounts from John Gilbert, based on information from Rick Barnes, other people in the industry. I'll say this, I've talked to and I've gotten messages from people I've never spoken with in the men's basketball uh, industry that are basically just saying, man, this is a big time hire by ECU. They really pulled off a steal here, pulled off a heist. And people I've never spoken with, people that work at other programs, people that work in the ACC, you really seem to have no ties directly to Schwartz, Tennessee, or East Carolina that are just high on the hire. And so time will tell once again, but I haven't heard a bad word about, about Mike Schwartz from anybody. Uh, I can't say the same thing about other hires that I've covered. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, there will clearly be some things that Schwartz, like any first time head coach has to learn on the job. You know, there was this narrative that East Carolina needs to have a guy with head coaching experience because this job is so hard. And on one hand, like I get that, but the other, you know, he doesn't really know any different. Yeah, he's been at a top-level school, but he's never been a head coach anywhere. So I think he's going to be hungry. I think he's going to be motivated to come into East Carolina. I think he's going to be thankful for what he's what he has. Certainly, he'll have a vision for the program and a vision for what he wants, but it's not like he's going to come here with some grand expectation and demanding a bunch of things that ECU can't deliver. So I think certainly he'll have a vision for that, but I don't think that'll be a problem. And so I think you're going to get a hungry coach, and you look at it. ECU has hired retread coaches. They have tried. They have hired up and coming coaches. They've hired uh, a, a coach with a really good resume, and Joe Dooley. We can talk about whether he got enough time or whatnot uh, for his tenure. But here we are, ECU going the assistant route for the first time since 1995, when they hired a first-time head coach in Joe Dooley, who was an assistant at East Carolina, uh, who took over after Eddie Payne left. 
but it, you have to go all the way back to 1979 when Dave Odom got his first ever head coaching job at East Carolina. Obviously, went on to have great success at stops after ECU. But Joe Dooley and Dave Odom are the the last two assistant coaches to get their first ever head coaching job in college at East Carolina. And those are probably the two most successful coaches at the Division One level in program history. So I'm not saying Schwartz will or won't be a, a good hire for ECU or a bad hire for ECU. Time will tell. But I'm just saying that just because he hasn't been a head coach doesn't mean he's a flop. And we'll, we'll see. You know, certainly his connections in the transfer portal, we'll see how effective he is at recruiting the portal early. You know, college basketball has changed so much. You want somebody who has connections and who can bring in players immediately. So I'm very interested to see what Schwartz can do from that perspective because if he can find a way to keep Tristan Newton and Brandon Suggs this core together and add a few pieces, you're still, I think, a few pieces away from being a pretty good basketball team. Now, that's a major if. We don't know what type of buzz Tristan Newton is getting from other schools right now, what type of buzz Brandon Suggs, some of these other players on the roster that have upside, have talent, you know, they're hearing from AAU coaches behind back channels, all sorts of stuff. Hey, enter the portal, come to our place, and we'll see over the next few days how things transpire now that ECU has a coach. By the way, on Wednesday is when the official approval of this will happen. Um, so still a lot of time between now and Wednesday afternoon. Nothing's ever official until it's signed, sealed, and delivered, but the expectation is that Mike Schwartz's contract will be approved on Wednesday by the ECU Board of Trustees. I think 3.30 is the meeting time. And after that, we will likely talk to Schwartz on a Zoom. He will also talk to the team, get to know them at that time. And then he will remain on Tennessee staff and coach through the tournament. So he will remain a part of the Tennessee coaching staff, yet he will still get a head start on putting his staff together here, recruiting players, retaining players. So you know, from ECU's perspective, uh, there's been some arguments. Hey, if he's the head coach at ECU, he needs to be here. He needs to be in Greenville. You know, it's, I get that again, two sides of every argument. But also, the guy has worked six years now to put Tennessee in a spot to win a national championship. And now you don't really want to take that dream away from him. You know, you let him conclude the tournament run however long it takes. And it's good publicity for ECU. Every time Tennessee is on TV, every time they show the bench, maybe they mention Mike Schwartz, maybe they mention East Carolina, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. So he will remain at Tennessee from what we're hearing, and then will join ECU officially in person at the conclusion of the tournament, although he will still be uh, getting a head start on the Pirates program as soon as it is official. All right, a few more thoughts on the other side. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the Hoist to Colors podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back into the Hoisty Colors podcast. Again, a short podcast just reacting to the news that Michael Schwartz will be introduced as East Carolina's men's basketball coach later this week on Wednesday. And, you know, it's funny, I was thinking about it during the break. ECU, I said on Friday that they, as they fired Joe Dooley or moved on from Joe Dooley, at that time we would have a few podcasts to discuss candidates and everything. Well, so much for that. It turns out we will not do that as ECU already has its man. And, you know, I did hear that Tim Craft, the head coach at Gardner-Webb, former assistant under Jeff Lebo at ECU during the early Lebo days, the most successful Jeff Lebo days, got a call from ECU and, and probably would have gotten an interview, I feel like, if uh, if if Schwartz and this, this process with Schwartz didn't wrap up so quickly. Uh, so he was another candidate. There were other candidates as well that were thrown out there that contacted and were contacted by ECU. But it just felt like Schwartz was the guy all along. Gilbert kind of honed in on him early. And as soon as there was a realization on both sides that, hey, we want you, and Schwartz wants to be at ECU, it was wrapped up pretty quickly and agreed upon on Monday uh, that he was going to agree to a contract and be the guy at ECU. So a little bit more on the Mike Schwartz bio. Born 1976 in Los Angeles, California. He is 45 years old, went to Beverly Hills High School in California, played at Texas as a walk-on under Rick Barnes, has two children, Sydney and Samantha, with his wife, Stephanie. Started coaching in 1999 as a GA. Uh, Again, under Rick Barnes, got his start as a coach uh, originally at Texas. Also spent time at Long Beach State as an operations and video assistant. And then went back to Texas as video coordinator. Got his first true assistant coaching job at UTSA in 2004-05. Uh, was the Miami of Florida coordinator of basketball operations. Then became an assistant coach at Miami for four years. At Fresno State, he was an assistant coach for three years. He was the associate head coach at Fresno State for a year from 2014-15. to 15. Then he was at Tulsa under Frank Haith in 2015-16. And eventually was... Um, was hired away from Tulsa back to Tennessee in 2016 as Barnes reunited with Schwartz at that time. It's it's worth mentioning that Tulsa made the tournament under Frank Haith and had one of his best years when Schwartz was there. And then after Schwartz got to Tennessee, has helped turn their program. Obviously, Rick Barnes has a lot to do with that, but pretty much wherever Mike Schwartz has been, the programs have been good. Miami, of course, also under Frank Haith. During his time at Miami, what was a really good program as well. And I think Schwartz has a lot to do with that. He's known, talking with people at Tennessee, as an extremely hard worker, kind of a selfless guy. You know, some of these coaches, especially the head coach types, are more of a self-promoter, and it seems like Schwartz is not really that. Um, I don't want to say he's a behind-the-scenes guy, but he's not out there speaking, seeking attention. Um and he's he's kind of known as a defensive coach. At least that's the rep he's gotten at Tennessee. Barnes has entrusted Schwartz with the role of defensive coordinator for each of the last four seasons. And 
the Vols were ranked a uh, – they entered the postseason ranked third, according to Ken Palm, in adjusted defensive rating, uh, which is obviously a metric – if you're familiar with basketball, you're familiar with Ken Palm. One of the more respected analytic sites, metric ranking sites, just in terms of overall efficiency based on schedule, all that sort of stuff, based on who you play. Um, they were also fourth – in Kim Palm last season nationally, it's second top 10 finish in the last four years, and of course this year. So you're looking at three top 10 defenses at Tennessee under Schwartz's watch, and that's a pretty impressive run. Look, I know that they have talent. I know that they have, um, you know, incredible length, athleticism, but still you have to have a good feel for what opponents are trying to do to you to have that good of a defensive rating, and you got to recruit, identify talent, to have that good of a a defense. And so, you know, the biggest question I have with Schwartz, obviously what type of staff will he put together? You know, if you have a con list for Schwartz, clearly no head coaching experience. That's always a a concern until it's proven to be a non-factor. Two, he's now been at Tennessee for six years, and Tennessee has a lot of resources. They have really invested in the program, especially with Rick Barnes there. He clearly will not have those same resources at ECU. And when you're at Tennessee and you're recruiting somebody, nobody's going to tell you no thanks. At ECU, that's a conversation you're going to have to learn how to get past. You're going to have to learn how to go maybe to your second, third, fourth, fifth option on your recruiting board and not always get your first or second. And so that's an adjustment that Schwartz will have to make as well. Now, he did serve, again, multiple years at Fresno State as a top assistant and also at Tulsa. So it's not like, and UTSA, so it's not like he hasn't been at other programs where you have to recruit maybe at a different uh, from a different vantage point, a different way. Um, but it's been also been six years since he did that. Also, with his connections and him having bounced around a lot of places, one of the few places he has not been is in the Carolinas or in the uh, Mid-Atlantic region. Again, he's been in the, uh, the Southeast, having spent time in Miami. Uh, he's been in the West at Fresno State. He's a, he's a West Coast guy originally. Uh, he's also been at Tennessee and at Tulsa and in Texas. So he's been pretty much everywhere but the Carolinas. Now, I have heard that he's recruited this area. He is somewhat familiar with it, but that will be an adjustment as well. So familiarity with the area will be something that Schwartz will have to work on, and that's why it is important. I think he gets here as soon as possible, as soon as Tennessee's tournament runs in, just to try and make – waves make contact with as many local teams and coaching staffs as he can because the reality of the situation is Pitt County while it's not a basketball hotbed and why Eastern North Carolina isn't the mecca of high school basketball you've got some real talent in your own backyard that ECU just has not been able to tap into you've had multiple state championship teams at Farmville Central you've had a state championship team at South Central you've got Kenson High School we all know the reputation there at some point, ECU has got to start landing some players from the programs in their own backyard. And we talked a lot about that when Joe Dooley was hired. It never came to fruition for one reason or another. Uh, when Jeff Lebo was hired, same type of deal. It's just been a long time since ECU has been able to keep its talent in its own backyard. And I'm not even talking about the four- and five-star recruits that are inevitably going to play at other schools. I'm talking about you know, the three-star, the guy who maybe we think He's not good enough to play in the American that realistically ECU needs to take a chance on and see if he develops into a player like a Shaquem Phillips, like a Damian Dunn, 
ECU cannot afford to miss on those types of players anymore. So whether Schwartz is, is from here, has knowledge of here, has ties here, ECU has to do a better job of recruiting North Carolina first and foremost. So uh, I think that'll be an early part of his tenure as well, just getting roots in the ground here and becoming more familiar with the area. So legitimate question marks, but also a lot to be excited about just in terms of a fresh start for ECU basketball once again. And while we've seen plenty of fresh starts over the last few years, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he hits the ground running from a transfer portal perspective. And especially in the weeks ahead, I think we'll have a much better feel for what the roster is going to look like, at least from a returning standpoint. What happens with Tristan Newton? What happens with Brandon Suggs? What happens with Tremont Robinson-White, who just graduated or is going to graduate but has a year of eligibility remaining? What happens with Luigi DeBow? Same boat. What happens with this freshman class? We saw some potential and some positive play from guys like R.J. Felton, Alexis Reyes, Brandon Johnson, Javon Small. At times, you know, does the majority of that freshman class come back? Uh, or does Schwartz watch film, decide that they don't fit his style, and, and he uh, likes to blow up the roster and start from scratch? You know, that's something that Schwartz is going to have to do as he really dives into the program. Uh, more likely with the, the with, more than likely with the guys in the lower part of the roster, that will take time to sort through. His first priority is going to be finding a way to try and get Tristan Newton and and Brandon Suggs and these main players on the roster to remain at ECU. So it'll be an interesting few weeks. We have a lot to discuss in the in the weeks to come. As as of as for now, your boy is going to go to sleep. Your boy is tired. Uh, I've been working since uh, 6 or 7 a.m. this morning, uh, first reaching out to some Tennessee guys and kind of confirming this news throughout the day. Looking forward to Wednesday. Looking forward to getting to know Coach Schwartz. Excited, as always, to continue to build relationships and work with people in this industry. You know, as far as other details on the hiring process, the search process, you know, we can talk about that maybe at a later date, and we're discussing that a lot of that on the board right now. Also, before we get out of here, spring practice starts Tuesday for ECU football. The Pirates just took two out of three, had another winning week on the baseball diamond. They are now eight and two in their last 10 games. Uh, We're going to have a ton of spring football practice coverage, a ton of baseball coverage, and a ton of basketball coverage. We're going to dial up a lot of recruiting coverage, a lot of transfer portal coverage as the Schwartz era begins at ECU. And we're running a special right now through the end of this week, 50% off our annual subscription. So you can subscribe for half the cost of what it normally is now through the end of the week. This is a March Madness coaching search spring football special. And that'll take you through this time next year. So you get the entire football season, you get the entire summer, which is going to be recruiting heavy, especially on the football front. And now clearly on the basketball front, there's going to be a lot of roster turnover, a lot of roster changes most likely. So we'll be covering that. You get the whole football season. You get the whole basketball season for next year. And you get the start of baseball, all for 50% off. So check that out, hoistthecolors.net. You'll see a link to it on our front page. If you're a subscriber already, as always, thank you. We can't do it without you. And if you're not a subscriber and you're a big ECU fan, what are you waiting on, man? Come join the fun. It's an awesome community, first and foremost. We, uh, you know, at Hoist the Colors, work our tails off to bring you guys the best scoop, the best news on a daily basis as well. That'll do it for the show. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. 
big day for ECU basketball. More big days in the in the time ahead, and looking forward to bringing you more coverage as the week goes along. We'll probably have another podcast after the introductory press conference and as we learn more about Mike Schwartz in the days ahead. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next time.